0: Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Bad dating habits. Oh my, are you doing these and are they keeping you from love? Tune in to find out the top five bad dating habits and what they're costing you. Don't miss out on this episode and miss out on your person because of these. I'm so excited to talk with you tonight about bad habits, right? Like we all have them and especially in dating, you're probably gonna notice a lot of the bad habits in your potential partners. So what are some of the bad habits that we see when we're dating and with a potential partner? Obviously not replying to texts, ghosting us, uh, showing up late for a date, uh, inviting you out somewhere, and then not offering to pay the check or expecting you to pay pay the check. Uh, Bad habits that happen in dating that I see all the time, uh, especially in men is dressing like a slob. Let's just be honest. Maybe it's just in LA, but a lot of times men will show up in like a hoodie and, you know, flip-flops or something like that. And not that I'm the fashion police, but a lot of times we have this casual dating, like bad habit that happens. So it's really easy to see all the bad dating habits. Oh, talking about sex too early on online dating. That's another bad dating habit that I see all the time. And so we see all of this, you know, from from men, but we also have our own bad dating habits, right? They kind of get in the way of us having love and they're a little bit more sneaky because typically women will be a little more polished and more put together and might not have as many outward bad habits, but there still might be some inward bad habits that are keeping you from having love. So if you've ever felt like you've gotten into a rut when it comes to dating, like you're just not feeling inspired, you're just not meeting anyone that you're connecting to, and you're feeling stuck, like, hmm, why isn't this changing? You know, what else should I be doing? Or I'm on all the apps, like, why isn't this working? Uh, If you're feeling stuck, it's useful to see like, well, maybe I've fallen into just some of these bad habits. You know, a habit is just a circuit in our brain, like a pathway in our brain, that we've traveled down many times, and that it's become Almost second nature because the brain feels that it's efficient, right? Like it's just a habit now, I would hope, but to brush your teeth in the morning and at night. And it's just a habit to, you know, take your vitamins if if you're someone who takes vitamins, or it's just a habit to, you know, check in with your girlfriend every now and again. Like those are the things that just happen in our life because they've become habitual and we're used to doing them. Same thing goes with dating, right? We can build good dating habits or we can build bad dating habits. And this is true for everyone, not just women. So I don't want you to feel picked on, but we can't change men necessarily. We can only change ourselves. And so I think it's helpful to look at what are some of these bad habits that you might've just fallen into that aren't necessarily serving you. And then what can you do differently? So the number one bad habit that I see is overanalyzing and blaming yourself, right? Like it's so easy to overanalyze what we did, what we didn't do. Did I say the wrong thing? Did I say too much? Did I push him away? This habit of overanalyzing as a way to punish ourselves. Oh my gosh, please stop. (laughs) I know I can't, I can't get you to change, but it breaks my heart when I hear about how often we're rereading texts and shaming ourselves and blaming ourselves and, and really, um, turning, turning things towards us that are really negative and and really destructive. So that's the number one bad dating habit is beating yourself up and over-analyzing things to look for proof of why you're wrong or why you messed something up or, you know, why it's not going to work. Like that can be a really bad rut to get into. And unfortunately, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and it can keep us stuck there for a really long time. So the second bad dating habit is related to that. And that's taking too much responsibility, right? You can also call this maybe being more in your masculine energy when you're dating. It's good to take responsibility in our lives. Like I think we need to have a hundred percent responsibility in our lives. And that means taking action on our behalf. But sometimes as women, we take responsibility for other people, right? We think, well, you know, if I would have just done something differently, he would have wanted this. Or, you know, if I would have done something differently, um, if I was a different person, if I looked different, if I was a different age, you know, we we try to make all of these things that we did wrong in order to um, blame ourselves, like number one, but also in order to try to fix things. So Number two is getting more into our masculine energy when we're dating. And that means trying to make things happen or trying to fix things. So maybe if you feel anxious, you might overcompensate for that by, you know, putting tons of energy into this person into the date or asking him a million questions or spending a ton of time thinking about him or thinking about the date and getting more into a place of I need to make something happen or I better check in on him or I need to be more helpful or I should cook him dinner. You know, he took me out for coffee. Like I should have him over and make dinner. It's a little too early. I'm just going to tell you that like don't have someone over to your house until you get to know them a little bit more. I feel protective of you, especially if you met them through online dating. So The point is that sometimes we overgive, we get into our masculine energy, we try to control, we try to make something happen, we try to fix the other person, we try to overcompensate or take responsibility for their part of the relationship, and even if that works in the short term, long term that's not going to work because the person will start resenting you or start taking advantage of you. Neither of those things do I want. Or you might start feeling resentful that you're the one doing all the work and making things happen. So that's a bad habit number two, and and it's very easy for us to fall into that because we're such givers and we naturally want to help other people. But if you start doing that, it's not going to be helpful for what you want in relationship. And so the third thing, I'm just checking my notes. The third bad habit is clinging to the wrong identity. So identity is one of the most powerful things that shapes our whole life, right? Like if you have an identity as a nurse, you're probably going to have an identity as a caregiver, as someone who really helps. If you have an identity as a yoga teacher or a yoga student, you're probably going to have an identity that you're spiritual or that, you know, you seek peace or that you work towards enlightenment. If you have an identity uh, about yourself, it can actually influence your dating life. Now, those were more career-related examples. So I'll give some examples related to our identity as it comes to dating. And identity is not bad. It's super powerful. But I just want you to notice if you're clinging to a part of your identity as a way to protect yourself instead of allowing yourself to change and to evolve as as you grow into your best self and as you become a woman of love. So identities that I will hear sometimes are like, well, I always respond to a text right away. It's just who I am. Well, you could always respond to a text right away, or you could respond based on the moment. You know, if you're, I don't know, shopping with your girlfriend and you're having a good time and he texts you, you don't actually have to respond right away. But sometimes we, we use this statement, that's just who I am, to perpetuate a habit, right? So maybe it's you respond right away, Maybe it's that you know you just can't help overgiving. maybe it's that you have a pattern of I'm just looking at my notes. Um, yeah, I always give too much or you know, this is one I hear all the time, like I don't date multiple people. Now I'm not saying sleep with multiple people, but in the beginning of getting to know someone, it can be helpful to still be open to meeting other people. It doesn't mean it has to be serious. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, be dating 10 people at the same time. I'm not a fan, like I said, of sleeping with multiple people, but I think if you meet someone and you've only had one date and you decide he's the one, this is happening and you put blinders on and don't see anyone else or you choose not to respond to any other messages online or all of those things, you might have this identity of, well, I just don't date multiple people. That's just not who I am. Now I'm not here to change you and I don't want to change your values, but I encourage you to look at the ways in dating that you might be clinging to some behavior and making it an identity that might be too rigid. And each person has to decide what that looks like for themselves. But those are just some examples is, well, I always give, that's just who I am, or I always respond right away, that's just who I am, or I never date multiple people, that's just who I am, or I refuse to, you know, I refuse to online date, that's just who I am. I get that. But just notice if you're clinging to to something that might not be serving you, because I do think we're here to grow and evolve and become our best selves. And that means keeping our values, but letting our identity um, be be serving us. Yeah. <laughs> so we have two more, these bad dating habits that, that creep up for all of us. Um, and I just want you to be aware of these. And these are things that I've learned after talking to over a thousand women and really understanding what's been keeping them from love and helping them move past that. So the bad habit number four is expecting the other person to make us feel better. Now, this is a tricky one because, of course, when we're in love, we naturally feel better. We feel amazing. We feel like we're flying through the clouds, and we just feel awesome. Um, but if we become, if it becomes a habit that we can't feel good without the other person then that can be dangerous because then if they're busy or they're traveling for a week or they put their energy on something else, like a work project for a little while, we can feel devastated. Like someone took our source of nourishment. Someone took our source of happiness. So if you're expecting the other person to make you feel good, if you're expecting the other person to make you happy, then that's just an addiction, right? It's just an addiction to those chemicals of love. And you're giving that power to that person instead of recognizing like that you can make yourself happy and that you can create the life that you want and that you can be satisfied in your relationship, but also in these other parts of your life too, so that they can help buffer you instead of just getting attached to this one person. And then the fifth bad habit that comes up is being a doormat, right? Like just letting relationship happen on his terms. Like you want a relationship, he just wants friends with benefits. You're like, well, I'm too scared to lose him. So let's just do friends with benefits. If I tell him what I really want, he will run away. You know, so we just we forget what we want or we put what we want to the side because we think that they'll reject us if we actually stick with what we want. And what I found time and time again with helping so many women is that when we're clear about what we want and we are willing to, you know, see both sides of an issue, but still be clear about what we want then we're going to find the right partner for us. Will it be the partner you're with right now? Maybe, maybe not. But I feel protective of your time. You know, if you say that you want something, the other person wants wants something different and you just say, oh, okay, that's fine. And you're always acquiescing to them. It's going to create this habit in the relationship where they have all the power and they lose respect for you and you don't necessarily get what you want. Now, this is not about compromise, like feeling like Mexican food or Thai food for dinner, like whatever, compromise is good, and we all have to do that sometimes when we have preferences. But this is more about the things that are on your heart. Like if you really want children, but the person you're dating doesn't want children, you may have to decide like, is this a deal breaker for me? Do I wanna keep seeing this person? Am I okay just seeing how things evolve? Or do I wanna have some sort of hybrid with them that maybe we don't have children, but maybe we you know, spend a lot of time with our nieces and nephews, or maybe we're open to adopting or fostering, or maybe we get a puppy or maybe we do something else. Like the deeper need for having children might actually be a need to nurture and you might be able to meet that need in other ways, but I don't want you to forget about your need and your desire because even though the expression may change, And it's okay to compromise in those ways with your partner. I don't want you to lose the desire. And I also don't want you to lose something that's really, really important to you, right? Like there are women that I speak to who are 47, 48, 50, whatever. And they've wanted children, but the person they were with was saying that they didn't. And they thought that he would change his mind. Or he said, well, I don't think I do, but we'll see. And I really feel for this because when I was in my 20s, I was married. Some of you know that for five years. I got married at 22 At 23, I asked my husband, let's have kids. And he said, no, no, not right now. And then I asked him again at 25. He also said no. And I asked him again at 27. And he said no. And then we ended up getting a divorce for many reasons, one of which is that we had a really sexless marriage, and we didn't have a lot of connection. And I was emasculating him all the time. And I hadn't learned the things that I'm teaching you now. And if I had learned those things, we probably could have salvaged the relationship. But one of the big one of the big issues is that every time I wanted to start a family, he was a clear no, even though he had told me earlier that he did want to have kids. So A, I wasn't really trusting man tuition. I wasn't listening to the red flags and paying attention. But B, when I spoke a desire and he said no, I just acquiesced. I just kind of became a doormat in the relationship. And that plagued me for a long time and, and still does in some ways and definitely influenced my future relationships. I just had developed this habit that the man's opinions, the man's need, is number one. Like that's how it works because that's what I saw in my mom and dad. And I just thought, well, if you want to have a relationship, you better shut up and you better not share what you want. And you better not share your needs because you're not going to get them met anyway. And then that caused me a lot of pain. And there are relationships like that and and if that's a relationship you're in or that you choose to be in that's okay i'm not judging you but a lot of times our heart is aching for something maybe it's commitment maybe it's a child maybe it's you know a partner that we have a spiritual connection with there's there's ways we've maybe compromised when if we had really stayed with that desire we could have created a partnership that would really nourish us on so many levels so That's kind of the deepest habit uh, that we might find ourselves in is being a doormat and then letting our life pass us by and not being in a great relationship. So the good news is, you know, if you have any of these five habits that you've developed in your dating life, maybe for good reason, maybe to protect yourself, maybe because you've had challenges with past relationships. And this is just something not even consciously you've started doing. It's just something you learned from your family or from your past partners. Again, There's no shame in that. But imagine what it would be like if, you know, we go backwards from the habits, like habit number, bad habit number one was having a lot of anxiety and beating yourself up over dating. Imagine if you felt really calm and relaxed in dating and you felt excited by your partner and the excitement of dates and the chemistry and the butterflies, but you also trusted yourself and you knew that you were amazing and you knew that you were a catch and you felt really grounded and confident. That would totally eliminate the first bad habit. You know, the second bad habit is taking on too much responsibility for our partner and moving more into the masculine role of trying to make everything happen. You know, the opposite of that, imagine what it would be like to be able to receive, to not overgive, to trust that your partner is doing their work. Like they're going to therapy or they're hiring a coach or they're going to a retreat or they have a men's group, like to know that they're taking responsibility for their life and they don't expect you to fix them. Like how relieving would that be, right? You know, and then imagine what it would be like instead of the bad habit number three of clinging to the wrong identity, clinging to an old, outdated part of you. What would it be like if you could be really solidly grounded in your values and meet someone, attract someone who has the same values, but that you could learn how to be flexible and fluid when it comes to dating so you understand the ups and downs and the ins and outs? Because it's an art, right? I've made it a system. I've made it like more of a science, but it's still an art when it comes to dating and creating love. And so instead of feeling like you need to cling to something in order to have more control, what if you had just a deep sense of knowing about how to date effectively? Like, that would probably feel amazing. And then the last two, you know, the bad habit number four, which is expecting other people to make you happy. What if you just naturally felt happy and joyful and alive and feminine and glowing and radiant wherever you went, even when you were doing online dating, because you felt really connected to your femininity and your beauty and your essence, and you didn't have to, you know think that the other person was just the only way that you could feel that high of love and of life. And then the fifth, you know, bad habit of being a doormat, like imagine what it would feel like to be able to speak your truth and stand up for your desires, but in a way that was really magnetic and drew the right person towards you, where you could create a life and have the things that you want without compromising who you are and without compromising your deepest desires, but also without having to reject the other person. You know, you can create this relationship together. When Jason and I first met, we had very different opinions about relationship. He did not want a relationship. He had just gotten out of one about a year ago, and he was dating, and he still wanted to keep dating. And I was very clear, like, I wanted relationship, I wanted marriage, I wanted kids, I wanted all of that. And so for the first like two months, we were like, we don't know what's going to happen. But we got closer and closer and closer. And then we became exclusive at about month three. And then he proposed to me five months later. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't, um, how do I want to say this? (laughs) Let me just say, like, you can absolutely not be a doormat in a relationship. You can stand up for what you want and actually draw the person closer to you and you can reach a place of beautiful connection and union and not feel like, well, if I have a desire, he's going to reject me, he's going to push me away. Sometimes you being true to your desire is actually what makes him want to change and want him to help meet your desire and help meet your need. So if you ever struggle with any of these bad dating habits, or if you ever feel like you're just in a rut when it comes to love, then I would love to connect and talk. We do free 45 minute breakthrough to love sessions. They're super powerful. You'll get lots of insight on what's been holding you back and what your patterns are, and also what you really want and how to really create a meaningful, loving, luscious, amazing relationship and just forget about these bad habits and and have new habits ingrained, which just feel natural so you can date authentically and really enjoy the process. So if that's interesting to you, I invite you to go to violetlang.com forward slash talk, sign up for your free 45 minute breakthrough to love session with our team and you'll get a ton of clarity, value and insight. And I'm sending all of you so much love and may you have a very delicious rest of your night. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. That's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for a free Breakthrough to Love call. These are special deep dives only for women who are committed and ready for lasting love. If that's you, book your time now with me or my team.